And just to prove to myself that that it's okay <laughs> to be a delinquent, or maybe just to test out the the hypothesis that there's always time to for me to be delinquent. I'm not going to pull out a sheet of paper and start writing a Toastmaster speech. I'm going to spend the next... Uh, how long? It's... What time is it now? It's 20 to 9. I'm going to spend about the next half hour listening to my friends on Anchor. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to listen. That'll probably draw me into a few comments. And with me, there's always a risk that I'll sense that I'll either make a wave or send someone a more likely a call in. Um, because you know, communicating, well, you don't know that, you know, that's what you, you go to Toastmasters to get rid of phrases like, you know, and the long and in the middle of speaking when the and is superfluous and if you just simply use silence it would have been better for everybody the thought comes to me that one of the roles ands play in the middle of and I mean presentations of any kind is they play the role of attempting to control other people's thoughts and may meaning that it's almost like keep on listening to me and paying attention to me while I get ready to say the next thing to you and after that see the and was superfluous and it probably indicates a lack of confidence a lack me having a lack of confidence that I can trust myself that I've done enough to hold the interest of the people in whose company I am. Yeah, that's it. I don't trust myself enough. I was going to say I don't trust other people. And you know what? Debbie Bridge has had more influence on me than she will ever realize. Because it was a moment of self-inquiry where I said to myself, who is it? Is it? No, I said to myself, is it true that it's not trusting the other people? Is that true? And I said, well, no, it's not true. I didn't get past the first question by Byron Casey. I might have that wrong, but anyway. Yeah, so Debbie Bridge, if you ever listen to this, thank you. But the key thing is that I've worked out the role of and in human communication as a way of controlling, as an effort by me to control people as an indicator that I mistrust my own ability to have done the work beforehand well enough to hold people's attention 
so that they are waiting for what I have to say next rather than thinking about the football match. Bless audio and bless the silence. In face-to-face -face communication, generalization here, there isn't silence. People fill it. So the opportunity for reflection during a period of saying something is reduced to almost nothing. But now as I talk to you here, in silence, knowing I won't be interrupted, useful thoughts, fresh thoughts, can well up within me. Hooray! This is about as nervous as I've been for a long time. I'm driving to Toastmasters and I'm going to give a humorous speech. And I'm actually the only person in Blarney Toastmasters who has entered the Toastmasters humorous speech competition. And by virtue of the fact that nobody else has entered it, I am going to be the club representative at the next level in Toastmasters, which is the area level, which is really where four or five Toastmasters clubs have one representative each, and they compete against each other, and the winner goes to the next level, so on, so on, so on. The The nervousness I have is that this evening is a kind of practice run so that the members in the club can help me to improve the speech that I'm going to make. Well that's all very well and I know the theory so in one sense and I also know that I'm going to be making the speech among friends among people who are very friendly and very supportive. But you know, I'd prefer go and make a speech to a thousand people. I'd prefer go and speak to a hundred, two hundred people. And I wouldn't be half as nervous. I have an element of, oh dear, what if they say, oh dear, that's a pretty rubbishy speech and he's definitely going to go nowhere in the competition. So, I mean, there won't, be, there won't be people who will be cross if I go nowhere in the competition. It's not that kind of uh, uh, culture within Toastmasters. They're more likely to be, you know, disappointed for me. But the other thing is that I had no speech today at 12 o'clock, absolutely no speech. I had no idea what I was going to do. And that's because I haven't put aside the time to prioritize this over the last two weeks. I have to take full responsibility for that. Yeah, I'd have plenty of other things that I have prioritized, but I haven't prioritized this, consequently, 
I had no speech. And I didn't have an iota where I was going to start until I read two articles on the internet where people who make humorous speeches were giving, have been successful at them, have given advice. And they gave five and six points of advice respectively. And one of the things that one of the people said, which in a way was also supported by the other person, was to make it personal and make yourself the straight guy. You know, make yourself the one who has the mishaps in the story. Don't make it about other people's troubles. And I, I, uh, some, I had given a title yesterday for the speech to the person whose job it is to find out the title and put it up on the website and put it into the agenda. And I had with, first of all said, well, I don't have a title. And then I said, well, look, for want of a title, let's just say a man stuck for words. And it's funny how that, I intended at the time as I would have been entitled to do, to ditch that title, think about what speech I was going to make and come up with a title which had perhaps no connection with that. But it's amazing the power and the influence that that title that I'd given away yesterday had on my thinking. So my speech tonight is going to be a man stuck for words. Yeah, that's me. The, something that might interest you is that a speech at Toastmasters is between five and seven minutes long. And the piece of audio I just made about Toastmasters and my nervousness this evening was exactly five minutes long. And yet, on Anchor, five minutes seems to zip by incredibly quickly and when I'm preparing a speech at Toastmasters it all seems to move or when I'm actually making the speech at Toastmasters it all seems to move incredibly slowly anyway I put the draft of the speech me practicing in my kitchen up on audio boom and Tonight, perhaps, maybe tomorrow, I'll clip it on to Anchor. So, I'll have two speeches by then, I guess. I'll have the actual one I made, and I'll have the one I practiced. Might be interesting to put both of them up. Compare and contrast. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. Um, wish me luck, please. A man lost for words. Toastmasters, is that the... Most silly title for a humorous speech? Surely people come to Toastmasters in order to get full up of words. We even have words of the day and grammarians here to help us. Toastmasters, I was lost for words this evening. Chair, Toastmasters, the year I went to university is the year that 
the Americans almost got to the moon. Funny joke. Up from Little Limerick to the Big Smoke, free at last from the rule of law my mother practised. Footloose and fancy free, I fell in with a really bad crowd who gave me a degree in how to stay up late all night, give up lectures, drink, carouse, chase women unsuccessfully, drugs, rock and roll, and philosophy. I majored in dialectical materialism. The lecturers were useless. They couldn't teach me anything. You see, dialectical materialism gave me the key to everything. How many girlfriends did I lose? How many dress dancers did I miss? But anyway, I was against dress dancers anyway. I was never lost for words. I learned who won the revolution. Who would inherit the earth and how Irish history could be understood only through the lens of class struggle between landed gentry, petty bourgeoisie and the working class. Vive la revolution! That Christmas I went home to teach them over the dinner table. My father knew what dialectical materialism was. He knew it meant I was going to consume all his drink. He knew I was going to take all his money. He knew I was going to drive his car. I knew I was going to be able to talk my way around it and talk the hind legs of a giraffe. At that dinner table, my, fa my family talked and talked. Great, great banter and everything. But I was the number one intellectual. Uh, I knew it all. My father was only a bookseller. He'd only been selling books for 40 years. He only had a house full of books. But he had all the wrong books. I knew the best wine to have with the turkey and ham. And I knew that if you're going to make a super fruit salad like me, you had to peel the grapes. And all other fruit salads had been pale imitations of the real way. I had three brothers and two sisters. One of my brothers was small, about seven years old. My godson. And there on the table, after the sumptuous meal, were cigars. Now, I practically seen Cuba. I practically been there. I had a beard and long hair. And it all happened in the middle of the sentence. The day will come, mark my words, when the big-headed, self-opinionated rulers will have their ego punctured. Oh yes, their day is come. Their day is, their day is come. The room exploded in a mad uprising of laughter. Everyone, everyone, I felt spared. All, uh, there was a cacophony of laughter. My little brother, 
was cheered. Yes, he was the banger. And I was lost for words. I could only leave the room. Lost for words in my family means you have to start at the bottom. Lost for words in Toastmasters means you have a lot to learn. And every, that was, they all said, that was the most humorous speech they'd ever heard me make in my life. And every time, Toastmasters, that I come to make a humorous speech, I am lost.